0: Turn with me to Genesis 45, Genesis 45. You know, there are times in our lives when we struggle. Uh, a number of times I've gone to like a nursing home or someone uh, perhaps who, who is just really struggling. And uh, one of the things I love to do that the Holy Spirit often leads me to do is to talk about heaven. Heaven uh what a wonderful hope we have as christians and it's amazing how just a little shift in focus can really change a person's perspective and uh, we need that hope a different all of us go through seasons of life where we struggle and we need that hope when we struggle to lift up our eyes and to be uh, renewed and strengthened paul said there's three things that remain Faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Well, hope is one of those things that remains and one of the critical things that we need to have in life. And so uh, Joseph's brothers here in this passage have been through quite a lot. They've been going through some testing. Uh, Joseph has been intentionally giving them a hard time trying to see how they will respond, have they repented, And uh, finally, in in the display where Judah intercedes for Benjamin, it's just an amazing thing. Joseph is convinced that his brothers truly have changed. Uh, And he can't control himself any longer. He begins to lose it, sends everybody out of the room, and he makes himself known to his brothers. Uh, And their first response is to be utterly terrified. Uh, They know their own guilt. They know what they've done. Uh, They know that all they deserve from Joseph is vengeance. But what they find is wonderful indeed. They find a welcoming, uh, forgiving brother who desires to sustain them in the land of Egypt during the five remaining years of the drought. And so... uh, what you see here some of the language that's used here I, I've, I was I was going through this earlier and I was thinking, you know why is it every time, especially the older I get, every time I read through this scripture, I just I mean it just moves me deeply. Why is that? And I think that there's something about you you've got Jacob on the one hand, he spent his whole life in grief, right I mean, since Joseph has disappeared and uh I mean his life he he refuses to be comforted, his life has been a continual grief. then you've got the brothers their life has been a continual guilt uh and, and and Joseph what about joseph he he feels abandoned he's lonely he's separated from his home and and uh all of the the chaos that seems to be in his life and what is the meaning of it all in it's like all of this comes together in this chapter and it is as though a lot of these questions are answered in this time when Joseph reveals himself to his brother. And he, he points them to, to the perspective that God himself has been behind everything that's been taking place. Uh, though he didn't cause their sin, he was sovereign over it. And has been using these things to move circumstances to his good purpose. Now, I dare say, if I was to go and ask for a show of hands in this room, of how many of you have a human relative living today that is royalty? I bet I wouldn't get any hands raised here today. You and I don't have the benefit that these brothers were going to have of of, uh, experiencing this royalty. But we do have a brother in heaven. And his name is Jesus Christ, the great, unique Son of God. And we're the adopted, those of us who put our trust in Jesus Christ are the adopted children of God. And Jesus is our royal protector. Uh, He is our royal sustainer. And as I was looking at this scripture, I realized for the first time... In a long time, the brothers were going to have some answers for their guilt. For the first time in a long time, Joseph would be reunited with his family. For the the first time in a long time, Jacob would not be grieving. And I was thinking, you know, what, what in our lives parallels to that? And I can just think of one thing. One day, Jesus is coming. (laughs) And and when Jesus comes, can I tell you something? There's going to be no more grief. There's going to be no more sorrow. There's going to be no more guilt. Uh, And and so we can lift our eyes in hope as God's people, knowing that Jesus is with us now, but also Jesus is coming again. And uh, the title of my message is Looking Ahead in Hope. And we need to look, look ahead and hope because we know Jesus Christ. And, um, and so we're going to talk about how we can do that. But let's look at uh, Genesis 45 and verse 1. It says, Joseph could no longer keep his composure in front of all his attendants. So he called out, send everyone away from me. No one was with him when he revealed his identity to his brothers. But he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it and also Pharaoh's household heard it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph, is my father still living? But they could not answer him because they were terrified in his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, please come near me. And they came near, I am Joseph, your brother, he said, the one you sold into Egypt. And now don't be grieved or angry with yourselves for selling me here because God sent me ahead of you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there will be five more years without plowing or harvesting. God sent me ahead of you to establish you as a remnant within the land and to keep you alive by a great deliverance. Therefore, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Return quickly to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me without delay. You can settle in the land of Goshen and be near me. You, your children and your grandchildren, your flocks and your herds and all you have. There I will sustain you, for there will be five more years of famine. Otherwise you, your household and everything you have will become destitute. Look. Your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin can see that I'm the one speaking to you. Tell my father about all my glory in Egypt and about all you have seen, and bring my father here quickly. Then Joseph threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept, and Benjamin wept on his shoulder. Joseph kissed each of his brothers as he wept, and afterwards his brothers talked with him. When the news reached Pharaoh's palace, Joseph's brothers have come Uh, Pharaoh and his servants were pleased. Pharaoh said to Joseph, tell your brothers, do this. Load your animals and go back to the land of Canaan. Get your father and your families and come back to me and I will give you the best of the land of Egypt and you can eat from the riches of the land. You were also commanded to tell them, do this. Take your wagons from the land of Egypt for your dependents and your wives and bring your father here Do not be concerned about your belongings, because the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. The sons of Israel did this. Joseph gave them wagons as Pharaoh had commanded, and he gave them provisions for the journey. He gave each of the brothers changes of clothes, but he gave Benjamin 300 pieces of silver and five changes of clothes. He sent his father The following, 10 donkeys carrying the best products of Egypt and 10 female donkeys carrying grain and food and provisions for his father on the journey. So Joseph sent his brothers on their way and as they were leaving, he said, don't argue on the way. So they went up from Egypt and came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan and they said, Joseph is still alive and he is ruler over all the land of Egypt. Jacob was stunned for he did not believe them. But when they told Jacob all that Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the wagons that Joseph had sent to transport him, the spirit of their father Jacob revived. Then Israel said, Enough. Uh, my son Joseph is still alive. I will go to see him before I die. So looking ahead in hope, how do we do that? Well, uh, we are to anticipate Jesus' undeserved forgiveness we are to anticipate Jesus undeserved forgiveness Um, I remember when I was a kid I heard a preacher one time preach a message about the judgment for Christians and he said that God was going to put all our sins up on a video screen for everybody to see and I thought I'm not too eager to go to heaven you know to have that that happen Uh, but That is not what is going to happen when we as Christians go to heaven. We're not going to face an angry judge. We're going to face a welcoming, kind, compassionate brother. And uh, just as Joseph welcomes his brothers in forgiveness, so Jesus will welcome us. Um, And so we can look forward to that in hope. Uh, Jesus undeserved forgiveness. I want to tell you something. Joseph's brothers weren't going to benefit from all the blessings of the land of Egypt because they deserved it. They had no argument for Joseph to do anything for them except to kill them. For what they had done, they were assured in their hearts that Joseph would end in death. Joseph would die because they sold him into slavery. That's what they assumed when they came uh, to talk to Joseph. And uh, as they were trying to bribe bread. They assumed that Joseph was dead. So so if they had gotten what they deserved. They would have had certain death. But instead. Joseph says don't be angry with yourselves. I love that. Don't, don't, uh, Don't be pained. Don't be angry with yourselves. Because God sent me here. In order to bring about a great deliverance. You see. Joe, uh, Joseph saw things from God's perspective, but you know, you see, when we go to heaven, Jesus has already borne the anger for us. Jesus has borne the pain that we deserved by His stripes. We're healed, and the slate, as we talked about this morning, has been wiped clean. So uh, we can look ahead and hope. I, I look. I, I think when I go to heaven, I'm going to be excited about it because. Now, I may not be excited about the process of getting there, but but heaven itself, to me, is an exciting thing because it's going to be a place of rewards. It's going to be a place of new experiences. It's going to be a place like unlike anything we've ever known uh, here. And uh, God is going to receive us as honored guests. I love, I love the fact. Here you've got these, these scalawag brothers of Joseph who don't deserve anything but judgment, and they're receiving all this honor and acclaim. Pharaoh says, Hey, the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. You know, you, you guys are VIPs. How can a sinner be a VIP? That's the grace of God, you see? And so uh, we can look ahead and hope because of Jesus' undeserved forgiveness. Secondly, we can look ahead and hope because if Jesus' answered questions. Of course, we've talked about verse 5. He says, God sent me ahead of you to preserve life. Verse uh, 7, to keep you alive by great deliverance. But I was thinking about the different questions that are answered in this chapter, I believe. Um, And I, I was listing these as I was thinking through these. Um, what questions might have come about through what happened in Joseph's life? Well, here's one. Why would God allow this? Have you ever asked that question? Why would God allow such a wicked, vile thing to happen for brothers to betray a brother, to sell him into slavery? uh, Why would God allow such a wicked thing? Uh, Of course, God allowed it to save lives. And even used it to bless Joseph. But, okay, why is everything out of control? Can you imagine being Joseph? Talk about feeling like there's chaos. Uh, Why is everything out of control? Okay, I've been sold by my own brothers who I thought I could trust. Now I'm in a slave household. I've been promoted Uh, But now I've been falsely accused and thrown in prison. Everything just seems to be going crazy. Nothing makes sense. I'm serving God. I would have thought that I would have been blessed, but instead I find myself in a prison. Uh, What's up with this? Why is everything out of control? Well, here we find that nothing was out of control. It seemed out of control, but God was always moving things toward his ultimate purpose and his goal. Here's another one. Why are we separated? God, can you imagine the prayers J- Jacob must have offered to God? God, why would you allow my son to be separated from me? That my favorite son, I mean, why not one of these scalawags over here? Why, why my favorite son? Okay. Um, why would you allow this? Uh, or perhaps Joseph's on Joseph's in, Lord, why would you allow me to be separated from my family? Uh, this makes no sense. Why these unexplained Separations. Well, God had a purpose, and God was going to reunite um, this family. Um, I love uh, my translation says it a little differently, but um, you can translate the last verse of the chapter. It is enough. You know, I'll go see my son Joseph before I die, and uh, I love this. You know, Jacob is just—he's like, I'm just overwhelmed. This is God. You're so good to allow me to see my son again. Can I tell you something? One day, those loved ones we've been separated from, we'll see again. (laughs) Those separations, if they know Jesus Christ, those separations are not permanent. Uh, We will be reunited. And we can trust God with the separations we have here. Here's another question. What was God's purpose in my pain? Uh, he's, He's listing in verses 10 and 11, he says, You and your sons and the sons of your sons, your sheep and your cattle and your possessions, I'll sustain you there. In other words, God had in mind not just this individual, but God had in mind their whole family, their whole extended family would be blessed through this series of painful situations in their life. What about this? Why the humiliation? I'm sold as a slave, I'm falsely accused of a wicked crime, I'm thrown into prison. I'm forgotten by everybody. Why the humiliation of all this? Verse 13, he says, And you will tell my Father about all my glory. Can I tell you something? You may be experiencing humiliation in your life, but can I tell you, the last page has not been written. Jesus Christ was despised and rejected, and now he sits at the right hand of the Father uh, in in glory and majesty. Here's another one. Why does does God care? Does God even care? Um, Does God care about my pain? Now, we may not vocalize that, but it's a reality sometimes that we feel. Does God care? I'm hurting. Why does God not remove this issue, this problem that I'm experiencing? Um, I love what verse 27 says, And the spirit of their father Jacob began to live. Most translations say something like was revived or something, but it was literally brought to life. Brought to life. It's like God has restored his joy. Um, Does God care? Absolutely God cares. It took Him a while to see it. Sometimes when we're going through the trial, we don't see it, and we have to get to the other side before we see it. Uh, but God cares. Is God finished with me? Here's another one. Uh, you have to go uh, into 46.2. But God's speaking to Jacob. He appears to Jacob in a dream. God is not finished with him. And so Jesus answered questions. Now, that I may not have read one of your questions, okay? But can I tell you something? I think when we stand in Jesus' presence, the questions that have plagued us in this life will all melt away. When we see him in all his glory and and we experience the joy for which we were created, when we've been restored and renewed and lifted up, and uh, uh, what a day it's going to be! And uh, whatever questions that we have, will be answered. Of course, Joseph is answering some of these things. He he's going through with his brothers. He's answering questions, but um, I, I think. Uh, a lot of those questions we won't even care about anymore. Uh, if there are questions, our Savior will be able to explain what is going on. But, uh, uh, so we can look ahead and hope. One day the questions that we have will melt away. <laughs> One day the struggles and, and, the, and the perplexity of our lives will melt away because Jesus is coming. So we can look ahead and hope because of Jesus' undeserved forgiveness. We can look ahead and hope. Because if Jesus answered questions, thirdly, we can look ahead and hope because of Jesus' great deliverance. Look at verse 7. God sent me ahead of you to establish you as a remnant within the land and to keep you alive by a great deliverance. Joseph, of course, is talking about deliverance from the famine. But Joseph here is also a type of Christ. And can I tell you something? Jesus has achieved a great deliverance at the cross. And not just deliverance from the penalty of sin or even just deliverance from the power of sin. Jesus will one day deliver us from all the effects of sin. One day there will be no grief. There will be no sorrow. There will be no death. There will be no heartache. Because Jesus has dealt with it all. Jesus has accomplished a great deliverance. I want to tell you something. Jesus has saved my soul, but the salvation is not finished yet. One day, I'm going to be clothed with a glorified body. I'm going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And and I will enter into the fullness of life that my Creator made me to enjoy. This is the hope that I have. This life is not all there is. One day, the grief... And the heartache and pain of this life will be over. The struggle will be over. Because Jesus has accomplished a great deliverance. Because I live, you too shall live, Jesus says. So, um, we can look ahead and hope. How? Look ahead and hope because of Jesus' undeserved forgiveness. Look ahead and hope because of Jesus' answered questions. Look ahead and hope because of Jesus' great deliverance. Look ahead and hope because of Jesus restored nearness, restored nearness. Look at verse 10. This is so touching uh, to even think about. Joseph is speaking. He says, you can settle in the land of Goshen and be near me. Joseph, have you forgotten what your brothers have done? Joseph Have you forgotten the wickedness of the past? I want you to be near me. Did you know that's the message of of the gospel? We are drawn near through the blood of Jesus. Um, In the Old Testament, um, the offering was called a korban. You you probably recognize that from the New Testament. A little different uh, emphasis there, but... Uh, uh, The korban comes from the Hebrew word that means to draw near. It's the means of drawing near. Uh, Whenever they would bring a sacrifice, it says they would draw near with the sacrifice. Um, Each section of the tabernacle uh, that they would go through was a drawing near to God. The fact that God came to dwell within his people... it all of the Bible looks forward to this wonderful day. And, and you, you see it in the book of Revelation. And God says, he brings in this new heaven and new earth. And he says, he says, and they will be my people. And I will be their God. This is the heart of God for us. Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. And they were expelled from the garden. And the angels were placed at the entrance of the garden. To keep them from entering back in. The fellowship with God. Was broken by sin. Jesus came to restore that. Jesus has begun the process. Of restoring that through salvation. In the new covenant. But we still don't live in the fullness of it. It's Jesus heart. To draw us near. And one day. There's going to be no sin. In my heart. To stand between me and my Savior. One day there's, there's going to be no physical separation. Between me and my Savior. He will welcome me. He's, he's gone to, Did you know he's gone to prepare a place for me? <laughs> he's going to come again. And receive me to himself. And you as well. Who trusted Christ. Uh, what an amazing thing. He wants to be near us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But his love goes beyond just the dying for us. He wants to know us. He wants to be with us. He cares for us. God calls himself Father, right? Jesus is called the groom. Uh, Jesus and and, and the Father use the most intimate relationships in human life to describe themselves and their desire to relate to us because that's their heart that's our God's great heart is to be near to us what well, well you say have you forgotten Roger's sin well uh, as a matter of fact he has he has buried it in the sea of forgetfulness praise his name he has separated it as far as the east is from the west and I now because the veil has been ripped at Calvary, I can enter God's presence with boldness and joy. Uh, Jesus restored nearness. He's gone to prepare a place for us. Um, one scripture says, In my house are many mansions, uh, the King James says, but uh, one. Um, uh, some of the translations will translate that there are many rooms. and, and In the oriental households, uh, there were rooms for the family members and the extended family would actually live together. And you said, well, I'm not sure about that, you know. Uh, but uh, I kind of like that idea when you think about that for heaven because, listen, it's would it be cool to have your own mansion? Probably. I think it would be cooler to be a part of Christ's mansion and to be closer to him. Um, and and that's the idea. Um At the center of the new Jerusalem, the Father and the Son reign. And their brightness lights up the world. And all of the nations come to worship the great God in the midst of the city. To commune with him, to fellowship with him. Listen, the times of sweetest worship that you've experienced here are but a taste the taste of what is yet to come. We've not seen anything yet. One day, now we look through a glass darkly, but then we'll see face to face Jesus in all his glory. Um, look, looking ahead in hope, how do we do it? Well, we need to anticipate Jesus' undeserved forgiveness. We need to... Um, Anticipate Jesus answered questions. Jesus, great deliverance. Jesus restored nearness. And Jesus exalted glory. Look at verse 13. Tell my Father about all my glory. (laughs) Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Next time we see Jesus, he's not going to be despised and rejected. He's not going to be wearing a crown of thorns. He's not going to be hanging on a cross. He's going to come back with power and glory. On his thigh is written a message, King of kings and Lord of lords. Before the great Son, Jesus Christ, all the mighty angels of heaven bow their knee. The demons tremble before him. All of creation is held together by his power. Tell them of all my glory. Who is like the Lord our God who reigns in majesty and glory and power. And can I tell you something? You know Jesus Christ, you may have been despised and rejected here by different people. But I'm going to tell you something. You're a child of the King. And one day you're going to share your Father's glory. And with Jesus, although he will be supremely exalted, with Jesus we'll share his glory. He says, I, Jesus tells his disciples, I desire you to share my glory with me. Did You know, that's, that's, our, that's our heritage as the children of God. Joseph says, tell my Father about all my glory. You see... Jacob could not have imagined the glory and the blessing that God had poured out on his son. Joseph says, give him the message, tell him the good news. God has showered his glory upon me. I've got good news for you, brothers and sisters. God has showered his glory upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And one day we're going to share it. Look ahead and hope. Have you been discouraged? Look ahead and hope. Your Father delights to give you the kingdom. And one day our faith will be signed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the amazing glory and and the amazing hope that you have given us as your people. Lord, help us look ahead to that hope in those times of struggle and difficulty that we experience. Help us to be lifted up and to remember whose we are. That nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. That you have laid up treasure in heaven for us. Rewards imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. And Father, uh, we just want to praise your name for the greatness and the goodness uh, of, your, of your great character that you would forgive undeserving sinners and welcome them into your kingdom. is almost hard to imagine, but it's true. And Father, if there's anyone here tonight that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, uh, thank you. The price has been paid for their sin and the way has been made open into heaven But Lord, help them repent and put their trust in you, even as we enter this time of invitation. And we pray.